This episode of the Jamer K podcast is brought to you by From Within Records, September 24th. It is what it is. LP from Payback will be releasing, and I'm so excited. I'm just still counting down the days until I can hear new music from Payback. That band is so awesome, and I still love everything that they stand for. MH Chaos, Chicago Hardcore, they announced that their debut full-length record will be coming out on From Within Records with an exclusive colorway. It's going to be the half bone, half black with red splatter, which should be amazing. Also, Days will have an ex- exclusive colorway, and Fast Break Records will have the remaining vinyl. So please make sure to keep an eye out on that. More news to come very soon. And also, at the end of the month, Burning Strong the fire rages on record release show. I'm so excited. I will be flying out to Pensacola, Florida to support my friends and burning strong. I love that band and I'm so happy that they're getting a proper record release show. And I'm also excited that I'm able to attend. I'm so excited to be able to be there and witness that because I love that band so much. They deserve all the attention that they get. And I can't wait to be there at the end of the month, September 27th, Pensacola, Florida, Burning Strong, Magnitude, One Step Closer, Koyo, and I know I'm missing a couple other bands, but it's going to be a great night. If you're in the area, make it out. It's going to be a great time. On today's episode, we managed to track down our good friend Tyler Short. These are some of my favorite podcasts ever, and I was so happy to finally be able to sit down and talk to Tyler because I when I walked out of Shang-Chi and for anybody who may not have read the, the description or might not know what we're here to talk about today, but this is all about Shang-Chi. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, there's going to be tons of spoilers. We talk about the movie a lot, our favorite parts. And I don't even think we could cover parts that we didn't really like. Cause now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, there wasn't any parts where I'm just like thumbing my nose at it. I'm just like, huh, that them whole movie was awesome. But it was so fun. I walked out of that theater and I just let Tyler know. I'm like, yo, I just walked out of Shang-Chi and I just wanted to get to this point so bad to do this podcast with him because there was so much shit that I wanted to talk about. And I just had such a blast and I was just so happy to sit down and just be able to nerd out with Tyler about the entire MCU. So much cool shit coming. And I was down on Shang-Chi when it got announced, but I'm all about it now. So if you haven't yet, hit pause, go to your local theater, go watch Shang-Chi. There's two post-credit scenes. Make sure to stay for both of them and enjoy the movie. It's seriously front to back, super awesome. They did a brilliant job with introducing a new character to the MCU, and I'm hoping he's going to be around for a long time. So I'm, I'm really excited for all of you to be able to hear Tyler and I break down the movie, talk about our favorite parts. It was seriously so great. These are some of my favorite podcasts and just um, enjoy it. And for everybody who's curious, uh, we definitely talk about inclination, constraint, some music stuff there at the end. But um, seriously, enjoy this one. Shang-Chi was super awesome. Shout out to all my Asian brothers and sisters out there. I felt like so many of us are just so proud that this movie came out and just did so well. It just gave us some new people to look up to and be proud of. So it it was just super awesome. But uh, shout out Tyler 
I am so happy that you came on and are willing to do these uh, awesome podcasts with me. It was seriously so fun. So for everybody out there, strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Tyler Short to the show. back to the podcast Tyler this is this is awesome this is something that I'm looking forward to for a long time so thank you for coming back no problem man what's up dude there's so much to talk to but I just want to get right into Shang-Chi I know a lot of people out there listening are excited to hear us talk about the movie which is surprising to me but thank you for everybody who has complimented these uh, podcasts that I've done with you um, it's awesome to hear that people uh, listen to you and I talk about Marvel stuff to help them get a little more informed, which is pretty funny. Um, and uh, I know there's uh, stuff moving with inclination. We'll get to that um, eventually. But yeah, let's just get right into uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, it was uh, such an awesome movie. And, and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, when they first announced that movie being made, I was a little, little thrown off just because uh, before the movie dropped, that character wasn't super popular um even in like the entire marvel universe like you know even going back to the comic books not the most popular character so whoever decided to you know uh, grab that character and want to put it uh put him into the mcu uh, brilliant job they i feel like they just like nailed it with this movie uh but I, i'm uh, curious about uh you know what your thoughts were um after you had seen it like and we'll get like you know to our favorite parts and the stories and stuff but I, i'm just curious like you like walking away like how did you feel it's the saddest Marvel movie. The saddest? I think, the, I think it's the saddest Marvel movie. Wow. I haven't heard that take from anybody. I'm, I'm curious. Can you explain? Well, like, so if if we're talking about sad Marvel movies that aren't like, oh, it's sad because Iron Man died in the end, which I don't think, I don't think Endgame or, I don't think Endgame or, um, like, or Infinity War are so much sad as they are just like, like Infinity War was, was, was kind of, was kind of soul crushing mm -hmm. and uh, in Endgame, like, you know, Tony and like, to me, it was all just very, very like, it was very, um, I don't know. I just felt really, really satisfied with the way they closed off the characters they closed off in Endgame. But when I think about like other sad Marvel movies, like Guardians 2, kind of comes to mind okay um with like ego and like how ego essentially like killed like peter's mom and like mm -hmm. left like leaving him like kind of like abandoned in the world and also like the whole yondu thing is very sad oh that was rough like, to see him go yeah like and but also like to see him go not only like to see him go but also him go like being the father that like peter you know, needed, which mm -hmm. was really, really sweet and really, but really, really sad. And then the Killmonger story in Black Panther is so sad. <laughs> um, so like when I think about sad Marvel stuff, like, like movies at least, because WandaVision is very sad, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but like to me, like the whole, the whole story with like 
just with uh, Shang-Chi and, his, and, and Wen-Wu, um, like just his dad, dude, it like, it's so, it's, it's so, I don't know. Like I really, really connected with like how, like, like that's how it feels to lose somebody you love. And like you, you will try to find any sort of, uh, any sort of semblance that maybe you can, you know, be with them again. I don't know. I just really, really thought that, that was like super potent. And also like, I mean, they definitely like let you know, like Mandarin, Wenwu, whatever is like this like bad guy, but truly his whole like time in Shang-Chi is kind of spent showing you that like, nah, he like left that shit behind and like was like actually happy, like actually found joy and like a reason to live, which means a reason to die because he took his rings off, mm-hmm. which meant he was going to like, he was going to accept mortality along with, uh, along with their mom. And like, I thought that was so, that was so deep. Like, I don't know. That was such a, a potent like thing to show. And then just to have that just taken from him, like it makes sense that he would, he would go not only just go right back into it, but it's like he went back right back into it, but with this whole other like idea of what to do and i don't know i don't know because like right now just talking about it i like i feel like i'm like unhooking other things that like make the movie make even more sense than it already makes Mm -hmm. uh but i don't want to like get too ahead of the the plot of the movie i i definitely see where you're coming from uh it it, it, you do forget right because they try to paint him as like He's the villain of the movie, right? He's this uh, guy that runs this evil organization, and he's uh, you know coming. Uh, obviously, he's sending uh, these like you know ten rings assassins to go capture these jewels from his children, and then you, you kind of forget that. Yeah, he's basically trying to get back to bring like his family back together to you know get back to the love of his life. He doesn't realize and. You know, it's like love is blind, right? He he doesn't realize that he's being poisoned by some evil creature that's calling out to him, posing as his dead wife. He just wants the the one thing that he truly cared about, you know, before his kids, right? So uh, it, it it didn't like obviously like throughout the movie, I I, I thought about it like, man, if I was in um, his position, I would have to explore that, right? Like you hear your wife calling it, and you might sound crazy. But what if, right? Like, what if he he punched through those dragon scales and his wife was really there being held captive? Um, and I, I I totally get his standpoint. And it is sad that the, the and obviously at this point, major spoiler, like if you haven't seen the movie, you should stop right now. Yeah, stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just that scene uh, and I, I, we're going to be skipping around. But that scene when. Uh, he's getting his soul sucked, right? And he's just looking down at Shang-Chi. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. He he risked it all and he knew that he lost, but you know, he was like, all right, like I'm gonna have to pass these rings on to my son, the guy that I, I trained to be this killer, but I know that he's like this is my interpretation, right? I'm gonna pass these rings on to my son and know that he's gonna do the right thing and stop this evil that I accidentally unleashed trying to, you know, bring back happiness to my family. It, it was it was like just such a sad moment just to see them kind of like like imagine watching your dad getting his soul sucked, and it's just like ah, like you're you're trying to save him, but it, like you know, it, it couldn't be helped. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's so sad, dude. Like, and also the thing is, is like, like about like two thirds of the way through the movie, I was like, well, he's gonna die. 
like the dad's gonna die i was like there's no way he walks out of this movie mm-hmm. like he's not going to be a continuous villain or presence or anything because i could just sense that this is all coming to just a heartbreaking end and um but uh but yeah man i that 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 part was was really 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 well done and i will say like when we were when we talked about black widow i remember um you asked me like how I was feeling about Shang-Chi and I was like, well, I was really excited about it when I thought it was going to be like this, like martial arts movie, mm-hmm. like, and was going to be like very, very heavy on like, um, you know, like stunts and, 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 and choreography. And then seeing these previews and it's like when they've got like the rings, like, you know, tied up together when he takes half of them. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, you know, fighting, uh, on even, uh, field i was like it looks like they're just turning it into this whole big cgi like you know like punch-up thing and sure it gets there at the end but throughout the movie it's like incredible like and like very like 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 tame cgi usage like i don't know i i i will eat my words that like really the the part that was like the part in the preview that was putting me off truly was five seconds of the movie Mm -hmm. like other than that like i really do think they did a really good job of and they uh the thing i i love about these like these like lesser marvel characters and then even like some of the bigger ones but these you know these solo uh outings is uh they really made it shang chi's problem and no one else's and I really appreciate how they're able to uh, cordon off the hero. And, you know, sometimes there'll be like another buddy character who like t- comes into contact or does something along the way. But I really think they did a really good job at like making it his problem and not like, because certain times when like Thor 2 Dark World always comes to mind. Because at the end there, when they're like tearing apart London, I'm like, really, just no one else shows up. Mm-hmm. Like this, like this giant spaceship coming down, like buildings are falling over. Like, like this has been going on for like 15, 20 minutes. Really, no one else is showing up. And like it like really, really kind of like suspends my disbelief in a way in a, in in, you know, even though we're in this fantastic world, that like really like like war machine is not going to show up like like no one else thinks like like we're not even going to mention like somebody might be on the way or anything like that like i don't know i think uh and that's the thing i think dc has a hard time with with how they've tried to like sprint to the end and just get to a point where they have you know a, a cinematic universe is that their heroes are so overpowered that it really does create like a really nobody else is showing up right now mm-hmm. like like shit's really hitting the fan it's it's apocalyptic but like they don't really i don't think they do as good a job as marvel at really like sequestering the hero and making it their problem where they're doing this thing and they've got really like they've got to handle it on their on their terms and on their on their own and i think they did a really good job with uh with shang chi at least in that manner which i appreciate it Hundred percent, yeah. Just uh, even with them getting to, well, like all like I feel like the 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 major fight scenes, right? Uh, like the crazy stuff mm-hmm. that would like attract the other superheroes. Like it, it all mainly happened in uh, Talo, 
which was yeah. um, which really made sense, right? Because obviously, for for any bills <laughs> to have been able to get there, they'd have to have one of those like mystical creatures that helped guided them to Talo, or even if um, they would have to have that map and be there at that specific time. But um, it, it, that was like a very good way of them to kind of like keep everything in that bubble of Talo. Yeah, and also like I I love. I loved how they they spent just enough time explaining, like they spent just enough time setting up the ending, without like making it like this. Like, oh my god, I get it, I get the plan, I understand. Mm -hmm. But then also, like they didn't just like skip over it. Like it was it was a really good like um, enough information. Like they gave you enough information to know what's going on, but they kept moving. They kept it moving because that movie moved. Yeah. That movie really moved. A lot happened in that movie. I, I like, like we were like at, around the point when, and we we're skipping all around around the point when, when Ben Kingsley fucking shows up. Um, I was like, holy shit, they're doing a ton of shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like they're, they're like so many people are showing up so much. Like, like they're, they're leaving some, some unanswered questions. Like what the fuck was abomination and, and Wong doing? Like, in this fight, like obviously they had like they they had that planned somehow. Like obviously like, they, they've got a grift going here somehow. What what is Wong into in his spare time that he's you know like like essentially like ripping off uh, like gamblers at some fighting ring thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but like they left so many like 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 you know i wonder what what's going on there but like it wasn't important enough to really give you the answer at that moment but still like they just i don't know they just did so much in the movie that it really just i i I can't wait to see it again even though i think i still like really remember everything that happened in it pretty clearly yeah i i feel like the moment where i realized that okay i'm gonna love this movie is when uh, it, it kind of cuts to to present day, and then like that, uh, I, th- I think it's like a BMW, like that sport, that red sports car pulls up, the door kicks open, and then you just see like a foot step out, right? And you assume like, okay, this is gonna be some hot shot dude undercover as like the superhero, but it's not, right? It, and then it cuts to, yeah. to to Sean and Katie, they're just valet, uh, you know, uh, people at, at this hotel, and you're just like, oh shit this is totally this is a totally different vibe versus like you know the tony starks all these like rich hot shots yeah and i was like okay this is this is a, a, a gonna be a fun movie and i love this and just even right in that very moment right where you get to see sean and katie's chemistry for the first time i'm just like oh i love them together it, it, it was great like that moment just that that scene was like I'm, I'm gonna love this movie dude their their dynamic was so good in the movie i she had one of my favorite lines in the movie as just a working class person she when she was talking about her job she was like can i just be happy with my job like can that not be like can that just be enough can i just be like okay with being just you know like like can i just be okay with doing this and i feel like that so often we're like like anybody who like expected more from me than just like working in a grocery store. I'm like, motherfucker, can I just like be happy? Like, can that be like what I want for my life? And it doesn't have to be like making a bunch of money or being super successful or, or being rich or anything. Can I just be like happy going to fucking work and then like going to a gig or like coming home and like, like fixing dinner and watching TV or like working out. Like, can't that just be enough for me? Like, 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 if it's enough for me, like, can, can it be enough for you? Like, I don't know. Like I, I heard that shit and I was like, ah, oh, fucking preach. 
preach, bitch. Like, fucking thank you. Thank you for representing me in this movie. Like, as just like a working class person who like just wants to be just enough. <laughs> Can I just play devil's advocate just for one moment? Yes. I think it might be different for you just because uh, and this might be weird for you to hear I mean hear me say this but I, I feel like okay like it's like you sing in this prominent band and like you inspire a lot of people so th- they might expect more from you which is uh, could be weird and, and, and you know obviously uh, when you break it down we're all just normal people so I totally get what, what you're saying because like when I you know, because I, I, I have a corporate job I, I work uh, you know uh, five days a week so like when I, I heard that I'm like that's something I can really relate with but uh, uh, obviously, uh, I I feel like for your position, it can be a little different. Like, do you, like how do you deal with that? I mean, dude, like uh, a kid, I, I didn't even, I don't, I didn't really, uh, I didn't recognize him except to know that he. I've definitely seen him at shows before the other day. Mm-hmm. But I was stalking, uh, I was stalking the frozen seafood, and some kid just walked up and just started talking to me about like the show in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like I had one of those moments where I was like, oh shit, like, like sometimes like people might just like see me at work and know me from hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. Like that's weird that like, like that never happens except for like a, oh cool shirt. Like somebody will like, like I'm wearing a Rancid shirt or I'm wearing a Coxbar shirt or something. Every time I wear a Coxbar shirt to work, some old punk talks to me about it. Um, But like somebody actually like recognized me as, as being an inclination and I talked to him and I was like, I told him about that that show that we were playing with and Shackled, and he was there. He was he came to that show too, and he didn't even know about that show until I I guess I, I told him about it there, and I told him about their like uh, we're doing like a like an like a five hundred two shows dot com thing now where like we we're like trying to keep like a really good like account of what's everything going on in Louisville so that um, like kids who are going to shows can have this place where they know they can find things. Mm-hmm. So I like told him about that too. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, my, my head always goes back to like the first, like the first real band I was in our drummer who was like, when I started going to shows, he was the drummer in all the hardcore bands. Um, this kid, Josh Raff, um, he, he played drums in the band that Jim played in, um, Jim from two witnesses, uh, he played in a while ago. They were called Damaged Goods. They actually did a split with Knocked Loose. Um, it was one of Knocked Loose's like early, I think their first vinyl release, possibly. Mm-hmm. So I think pop culture hadn't come out on vinyl yet. Um, but yeah, the Damaged Goods Knocked Loose split. Uh, but yeah, Jim played in Damaged Goods. And before the drummer who was playing most of the time went with Jim was this kid, Josh Rapp, who was in my uh, first band. And it was a long walk to get to this place. Um, to get to this thing that he told me whenever we were doing that band uh, was he really liked that I just had like a regular job because, and the thing he, and this isn't me, like, like I hate that I'm like making a, an equation of these two things because like they're a huge deal and forever will be a huge deal. But uh, he always liked that the dude from kill your idols was just like a janitor at a school. And like, he, he liked the idea of like, being in a band with somebody who just like has a, a normal ass job and like like really has like an actual like connection to like like not I don't know just like I guess like not being like just like a college student mm-hmm. or like you know or like a bum <laughs> like he really liked the idea of like when we were doing that band that 
like Kill Your Idols, which we were nowhere near even remotely okay. We were just a fine hardcore band that was that was the only only just the first band I wasn't embarrassed about being in. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so so I can kind of see what you're saying, but at the same time, like I think that's what makes me. I think that's what makes me special is that like I do like even though even though our you know inclination does well and a lot of people like it like the fact that like I don't think I would ever do a band as my job I would always want to have like a real working job where I like because that's what makes me feel connected to people and like everybody is that I have to punch a clock and cash a check and you know make money for somebody else because we're all stuck in this horrible system and until something radical happens that breaks us out of it. Um, I'm just like everybody else and I've got a, I'm not finding a way to scheme or scam or, um, or grift out of, uh, of having to have, you know, a straight, a straight job like everybody else. I don't think I deserve any special treatment as long as my body's capable of work, it's going to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, so that's that's my that's my response to that, <laughs> to your devil's advocate. <laughs> For sure, no, I I, I I appreciate that, and I, I I like that you can recognize that, right? Because sometimes people will let that get to their head, or like you know, just like the ego just gets way too big, and it gets really strange. So the fact that you can um, recognize that and still just be uh, like you know, uh, I I guess a, a normal person, I I, I think that, that that's really good. Yeah, no, I know I've got privilege. I've got Isaac Hale in my band. Like <laughs> Isaac Hale plays guitar in my band. I know I'm privileged. For sure. I uh, I got I got I got to learn that very very closely when we were in Chicago recording our record. That uh, to understand exactly how how differently his brain functions than mine does. To watch them record guitar and play the same thing over and over again, and then be like, oh, I can do that better. And I'm like every single one of these takes a sound the same to me that's why that's why i don't play guitar i guess mm-hmm. because I, this to me this was good enough the first time i'm in that same boat I, I i i can't hear that kind of stuff i'm like oh that sounds perfect but if you say you can do it better go for it by all fucking means Okay. All right. Getting back to Shang Chi. So yeah, th- back to Shang Chi. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Shang Chi. Thank you. Thank. You. Call me out on that because I'm I'm, I'm going to mess it up a couple a couple more times. No, no, dude. I'm 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 trying to to be good about it too. Okay. And and, and the the beginning where uh you know uh, the real Mandarin and their mom first meet and they're 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 fighting. So. In- so was that the first scene? Because that's the first scene I remember in the movie. No, no, no. Um, there's uh, they show like uh the real Mandarin like conquering and being Back a badass. In time, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So them having that fight in the forest that's a little okay. after. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I, I was I, while while we've been doing this, I've been trying to remember. I'm like, fuck. Like usually Marvel movies have like a super memorable opening scene, mm-hmm. but the only opening scene I can remember is their dance. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Th- 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 that was a little after, but yeah, but that dance, uh, I'm like, like, okay, this I, is, th- 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 I, I love that. Um, and I know there's like a specific type, uh, like th- there, there's a, 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 like a category for that type of like, you know, uh, fighting. I forget what it's called. So forgive me, but 
it definitely gave me like those uh crouching tiger hidden dragon vibes which i was just like yes. yeah and i was like okay them i also paying respect to, to like that those kind of like you know fight scenes from those types of like you know uh films from back in the day i was like this is amazing i i, I wasn't expecting it but I, I wasn't surprised but i was also like totally all about it i thought it was amazing they open the movie up and they show you i'm like on this war path like fucking dudes up left and right and then immediately after that they show you how like how gentle he can be and you see you see this this person who's totally kicking his ass but it's like not bothering him really like it's frustrating him like because he thinks that he it's truly probably the first time in you know who knows how long since he put those rings on that his, his power is being checked by someone and it's like oh it's it humanized the it humanized the villain in such a in such a good way and to me it made it like it made it super hard to take him seriously as a villain after that because i felt so i felt so i don't know i felt so connected to him and watching this real moment of him having this like incredible like incredible scene with his you know soon to be you know love of his life and i don't know i just i really really I really, really enjoyed that scene. It sticks out so much in my head mm-hmm. because it was so pretty and it was so like it was so beautifully choreographed. And man, I just I uh her fucking her hat and her mask, like like just everything about like um and like the dress she was wearing, or like her like you know, like whatever like like that garb that traditional garb is that she was wearing or whatever. Which did you notice that her daughter was wearing it later in the movie? I did not catch that. Yeah, when when they're uh, when they're all um, when they're all hanging out in in uh, in uh, got Talo 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 Talo. Yeah, I keep I keep like like uh, fucking what's the the word like dyslexic like switching those around. Mm-hmm. I'm not dyslexic, but I keep like swapping those around. Uh, in Talo, um, when they're when they're back there later in the movie, and. Um, and him and his sister, uh, what is his sister's name? Ja... It's, a, a, it's like Shu Shaoling. Shaoling. I think that's her. Shaoling. Shaoling. Yeah. Yeah. Shaoling. When Shaoling is, uh, they're sitting there and they're, I can't remember. I think it's when she's sitting there watching them train. And then their aunt walks over and is like, yo, it's time for you to like, you know, get in here too. Mm-hmm. And like gives, you know, gives her her weapon that she's so badass with. Um, she's wearing the green thing that her mom's wearing in the beginning of the movie it's really cool wow. it's a really good call yeah I'm, I'm i'm picturing in my mind now and i i remember her uh yeah training like you know because they all kind of split off right like katie went and had to learn how to shoot a bow and uh sean or uh, shang chi had to go and actually go like visit um his mom and was like learning the other stuff uh, i i do now that you you recall i, I didn't pick that up yeah because I, I can see it in my mind with her yeah. with that because because it just it was right after they got gifted their armor right remember that they got their the dragon scale armor but they hadn't put it on yet and then they split off and were doing like a little more training because yeah. that, that's when shang chi went and had to uh not had to but he went and asked his aunt like yo like teach me how to fight like my mom did because she was able to beat my dad right so um, yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that, and that's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't pick that up, but that's that, that, that's a really know, good callback. Yeah, at, um, Ashton pointed it out to me. I was like, because uh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about how great the like all the the like all the colors, all the design, and like and just how how stylized the movie was, and like all the um, 
like just all the different garb that they're wearing and like all the costumes were just so cool. And, um, and Ashton was like, yeah, did you like, like, like I pointed that out, like she was wearing and I was like, oh my God, that's what you were talking about mm-hmm. when she, you were like, you were like, oh, her, like, I was, I was like, oh yeah. Like, like her fit. Like I thought she was just like, like, cause me and Ashton, like we paused constantly. We're like, oh, her dress or oh, like those pants. Like we, we comment on people's fashion. And I thought that was just her just doing the normal thing that we always do watching things. But she was like, boy, like, no, it's the thing her fucking mom was wearing at the beginning of the movie. Um, which, uh, I don't know. It's a really good, it was a really good callback and I really, I really appreciated it. It was really neat. Um, but yeah, that opening scene, man, it was just beautiful. Yeah. To, to me, it was like, I like thinking about them fighting and obviously they had to have had like a, like a strong connection to each other. Cause right. This like guy who's been on a war path for so long, wanders into this crazy forest and stumbles upon this random lady and, they're like obviously like i feel like they're testing each other but not really actually trying to kill each other right because remember she leaves him (laughs) in the water um and she clearly could have finished him off if she wanted but uh you know she just kind of showed him like hey like i'm better than you with this but the fact that they just had that really strong chemistry and like we're like all right cool like we're gonna just have this um crazy fight slash dance and then eventually it led to him kind of getting humbled and then you know he started coming back and then they just like grew this bond i'm like man that's that's just like such a cool thing. And I, I was just like, I always wonder like, man, like at what point did they realize, okay, like we're not gonna, we're not here to kill each other. We're actually just like figuring out how strong like each other are. Yeah. I mean, well, it's him, him, you know, thinking he was just gonna, you know, shove her aside and then move on through. And not only can he not touch her, <laughs> but like when she lands on him, she's able to do things that he hasn't had anybody do to him in a long time. And I don't know. I just, I really do just that, that whole, their whole story. Like it was just, I don't know. It was a really, it was a really cool love story that the main character had very little to do with. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that, that I was always puzzled by, uh, and I feel like a lot of this could have been avoided because, uh, the, the reason why the mom had to uh, leave Talo is because they didn't uh, want to accept the Mandarin in just because of his mm-hmm. past. But it's like, in my mind, I'm like, you know, people can change. People des- deserve second chances and they are capable enough to, uh, you know, to keep out people from breaking that wall. Wouldn't they have been able to like accept that one of their own was truly in love with this guy who used to be bad, but he's trying to change his ways. Like, couldn't they have just taken him in? And if any threats, like, cause imagine if like they would have been in Talo, right. And, um, that gang that actually um, came and ended up killing the mom. Like imagine if they showed up to Talo, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to scratch the surface. Right. They probably wouldn't have even been able to make it in. Find so- it. They wouldn't even know how to find it. Yeah. No, I mean, but that's, that's the thing is you, you understand how bitter he is and how much, he has to blame Talo. He has to blame all these different. He, he blames Shang mm-hmm. for not for just ha- sitting there and watching. Mm-hmm. Like he blames everybody because it's so hard for him to not because because he he's so it's he blames everyone because he is also blaming himself more than anything. Like he's trying to get off the hook in some sliver of a fashion. Because more than anything, you know, when Wu blames himself for what happened there. Because not only is it his past that came back to haunt, but he wasn't there to protect her. And like in all these different things. And also the fact that she 
fucking slaughtered like nine of those guys. <laughs> like when you see him come back and see uh Lil Shang fucking crying over his over his over his peaced out mom, like there's like nine guys laying around there just dead as fuck. Yeah. Like like so like clearly if he had been there, there like he could have like he most likely could have saved them. Yeah. Like with her help, like there, there's just no way. There's no way. And like, I don't know. I just, I like, I think they did like, but it also, I mean, the Talo not accepting him and not being willing to like, you know, like accept that people can change is the classic Marvel thing where every Marvel movie is a story where, where some, some level of, you know, of uh, original sin whether it's you know um like apathy like you know judging people like any of those like any of those really really like like easy to come by like like human condition things like like human flaws every like every marvel movie is about a human flaw coming back to roost on somebody at some point like it's all the iron man movies like they all create their villains and Talo turning them away, they created the situation that would come back and release the soul suckers. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I think Marvel does a really good job of, of sometimes making it like, like sometimes it's like very, very apparent with, you know, like, like this guy died or this guy got ripped off or this thing happened and then it all comes back in the end on them where they've created their own you know their own their own villain um but with that one i thought it was really really it was it was really cool because like really like this the the community created its its own downfall like it wasn't just like like shang had almost nothing to do with with the like it was a very cool movie where it was like all centered around this guy like trying to come to terms with his, you know, his family and what, and what it means. But so much of the movie was just about the family and not really about him in in particular. I don't know. Like talking about it, you realize how little actually the main character had to do with the events. It was like all these events were already laid out. And I mean, it's an origin story. It's like, for real like it was it was it was to get us to a point where he is a hero and it didn't really matter so much like i don't know this, this is the thing like me and ashton have talked about it a little bit but like this is the most i've, I've already expanded on this movie more with you than i think i had by myself mm-hmm. so like i'm like coming to all these different like threads that like i didn't really notice until actually like expanding on them like how some of these things actually played with each other. Yeah, because you, you think about like a lot of these movies, right? Like Spider-Man, uh, Iron Man. We kind of already, they're kind of already like the, the the point of them being normal to like full-fledged superhero, there's just like this really small gap, right? Like obviously like we get like, <laughs> you know, he gets a bit, but then, you know, obviously like we see it grow, but we get like a whole movie of him being Spider-Man. 
but with yeah. but with the Shang Chi, like we really see him get his actual powers, right? The ten rings, like basically at the end of the movie. So it's just kind of yeah. like he's just he's just a dude through most of the movie. Yeah, they had just like, he was trained in just normal martial arts, right? No supernatural powers until the end of the movie. So it's kind of like this weird tease, right? Where like we see him at like you know, okay, he's finally Shang Chi, the superhero that we were um, you know uh, supposed to like. Like we th- like I imagine like we would have gotten like. Uh, Shang Chi with the ten rings, like at least halfway through the movie, but when we only see it like at the end, where he like you know half that fight with his dad, and then when he kills the soul sucker, last thing he does. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is like, it's such a tease because you you kind of realize like, okay, now that the rings are kind of in the hands of like a I guess like a good guy, right? Because his dad was a bad guy, but it's like here and you see him right uh being able to do the techniques that he saw that his dad do and then he does this new technique where he uh, people call are calling it the kamehameha right a dragon ball z movie where he charges up into like a fireball and throws it it's just like that's so badass and you quickly realize like this guy can hang with the other superheroes that are in this universe and the fact that you see him fighting this giant crazy mythical beast it's uh it's, it's insane and um it, it definitely like left me wanting a lot more from this character which is not what i thought would be the case at all i thought i'd walk away that that was a cool movie let's just write him out and let's move on to like the more established more cooler people but now it's just like no this guy definitely made his mark on me and a lot of other people and i'm excited to see his like progression through the mcu because he he's uh you know at this point like you know they i already said he's like an official avenger uh, or they, they called him an avenger so you know that's a big deal uh, and I'm just like, you know, so stoked on this character, like more than like I ever thought I would be. You see, I, I thought I was going to be stoked on it um, just because I like grew up with, uh, you know, Chow Young fat and uh, Jackie Chan movies. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love uh, like Tony Jaw and shit. And like, I grew up watching all of those like martial arts movies so like when I heard that, you know, they were going to do this, you know, they were going to do Shang-Chi and they were going to make it like kind of like more of like a martial arts centered movie. I was like, oh, sick. Like, like, dude, that whole the whole like outside the um, the um, the fighting. Uh, I can't remember the name of uh, uh, John, John, uh, John, John Ling, John Ling, uh, John Ling's uh, um, like fighting thing. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but I know I, I, I watched something on it this morning and they, they said the name of it. And I was like, I was like, God, commit that to memory. Well, so much for that. Um, but, uh, when they're on the, the bamboo, like scaffolding or whatever, and they're fighting, I was like, God, like, this is like fucking like, this is like rush hour too. Like, <laughs> like, this is sick. Like, I love this. And, um, I, uh, so like, when, like, you know, getting into those parts of the movie and then like the whole bus fight scene was phenomenal. Like the, the, the stunt choreography and all the different, like the ways they moved on the bus and like utilized the, uh, the terrain to fight. I just really, really, really loved that. And, um, so I thought I was going to like it anyway. And then, um, me and Ashton ended up actually starting the Netflix show that Simu Lu uh, the dude who plays Shang-Chi is in that uh, Kim's Convenience mm-hmm. show. Rest in peace. We started it. Yeah, we started it because it's just like a 20-minute show. And, like, he plays, like, the idiot in it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, a, a dumbass in it. And it's very he's very funny. But um, uh, so we, like, kind of, like, fell in love with him watching that. And also he's, like, 
incredibly good looking. Like he is so good looking that like I was I was very much like, well, this is going to be easy to watch at least. Like is like got this super like handsome guy to play this character. Like and he seems very charming in the show. So like I'm 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 pretty sure I'm going to like it. And then it was so much better than I could have imagined it was going to be. And so much sadder than I could have imagined it going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if you saw, but there's like this article that came out um, of the, the actor, Simu. I'm going to butcher his last Simu name. Uh, yeah, I think it's Lou. Lou? Simu Lou? L-I-U. I think Lou is how you pronounce that, I think. And there's uh, these. Uh, I guess he was um, a, a model for like these like stock photos, and it's just that like, is the thing I saw before we got on this. Okay, that is the thing where I was like, I was like, I was like, God, I'm dying to talk about something that I just found out, but we're not recording yet, so I'm gonna wait. That is the thing I just found out. Ashton was showing it to me literally okay. seconds before we got on this. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Incredible! It's so funny. Dude, the one the one where where they're at the movies is so good. Like these are great memes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's crazy too, uh, right? From uh, not being like the the like like some big time actor, right? He's doing these like uh, these TV shows, uh, n- these Netflix shows, but then now it's just like, all right, he lands this role as a Marvel superhero, and the movie is good, and now he's just like this crazy big sensation uh which i'm, I'm happy for him uh, he, he deserves it, it, it it's wild yeah no i mean it's it's like the total opposite of anthony mackie like anthony mackie was grinding for years and years and years and years and was in awesome movies mm-hmm. in awesome roles and then until he got and then got falcon and then he exploded into this huge thing like this dude just got like the smallest little bits and then he was able to to land this role and just become this huge sensation i mean it helps that the movie is good <laughs> no yeah 100 like, it's not that it's just like a marvel movie it's like no it's actually a good one <laughs> yeah and i definitely have to bring up because uh, you know i'm asian and uh growing up it, it was always like weird because there, there weren't a whole lot of like you know big asian like you know superstars or celebrities to look up to out here in america like like you mentioned earlier Jackie Chan, that that was somebody that I, I loved because I, I love movies like, you know, Rush Hour, Rumble in the Bronx, uh, like amazing guy. And then, and then, you know, later on Jet Li. And then obviously there's like, you know, martial arts superstar Bruce Lee. But I always, uh, you know, I, I, I always wondered why there weren't more like famous Asian people here in America. Um, but then when movies like Crazy Rich Asians come out, which is like, you know, like the big thing was like, it's like, you know, like the, the, the main cast is all Asian. And for to, to see that be super successful, that was like a, a like a proud moment for me for for being Asian because I've never really been in tune with like my culture because like my parents came from you know overseas, but I grew up here in America, so I've always been into just the shit here and never really took like an interest of like my actual culture until I I, I got a little bit older. So now um, when I, I can you know uh, know more about like Asian culture and seeing things like Crazy Rich Asians be successful, that gets me excited, and then. Um, even like uh, Stephen uh, Yen uh, on like Walking Dead, uh, that that's like another uh, you know Dude. proud moment for Asians. Um, Yo, have you? Oh God, we're getting off the topic with fucking Marvel right now. But, uh, dude, um, I I heard about it on NPR. Have you heard about his new movie where like it's like about like like I think like farming and like the like the early like 
maybe like the early 1900s or whatever, like when, like, um, I think it's right around the time when like we like opened up America to like lots of us, like Southeast Asian immigrants or whatever, but he's in a movie. I think it's almost entirely in Korean. Mm -hmm. Um, like sans like maybe a few it, it sounds it sounded really really interesting and i really want to see it i'm not sure if it's out in theaters yet or if it's even going to come out like widespread theaters i think it's more of like an indie movie but it sounded really really interesting and i like him a lot yeah he, he he's a great great actor so like i'm um, like and then yeah so like his rise with walking dead was just like another proud moment for like you know all like the asian community but now we get like uh you know tapped in because obviously like there was some asian stuff with iron fist but obviously um uh, not like full asian right but when uh shang chi comes out and then you look at like the entire main cast right there's like two people that aren't asian that are there and you're just like holy shit like this can be a thing this is uh you know uh, and, and once again this is like another proud moment for the asian community uh a, a Chinese uh, superhero, uh, you know, going big and it just being like this crazy thing. So it, it's just definitely like a, a cool thing to be able to witness, and especially me being Asian and just seeing um, uh, uh, more Asian celebrities for uh, like the other Asian people in the community to be able to look up to. Yeah, no, I, dude, I, I I feel you. I love like I I love when white people are the only characters in movies, man. It's 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 been long enough. Like it doesn't. It's not necessary. Like in in certain circumstances, like it makes sense when when it's historically like you know accurate and things like that. Like I don't think like I don't think situations where everybody was white should be multicultural because I think it. But I think it also should be like at least acknowledged. Like hey, there's a reason why in these war movies everybody's white. And it's because black people weren't allowed to fight in the same units. Like, like at least like acknowledge these situations and don't make them like, like don't whitewash it. Like make it clear that like, oh no, history is whitewashed because white people are the, were the ones who were in control almost the whole time. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, I do saying that like Ben Kingsley and Razor Fist, they were the only yeah. non-Asian people, weren't they? Yeah. Correct. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Fantastic. And I, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally feel you on that. Like it's, I, I think that, I think that that kind of, um, like also just like having like people who are writing these movies and directing these movies, like not like, I think it's, I think, um, one of the things I always appreciated about uh, Av the Avatar cartoon was that they had like lots of like Asian people on staff who helped curate the looks and the martial arts and all the different things. Like, like it's not culture appropriation when you're like hiring people of the culture to design the world. Like it's not culture appropriation when you're like, when it's being built by uh by people of that culture it's like it's it's actually being respectful of it and i don't know i just i uh i totally see where you're coming from and i i, I appreciate that uh that you're being represented too jamie yeah no it, it, it's, it's a good feeling too and uh and sometimes people will like look at me and not even know what i am which is funny because for, for me i i know what i am obviously right but when people are like oh like what are you 
And I, I, I always have to ask because I'm not sure if they're asking if I'm, if I'm human or, or, or whatever. Um, but it, like, if they would like, oh, oh, like, where are your parents from? And then I let them know, like, you know, like my mom's from Cambodia. My dad's from the Philippines. And they're just like, oh, like, you're Asian? Like, I had no idea. But it's just like, yeah, I'm, you know, that's just what I am. So I, 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 I do um, feel proud when I get to uh, kind of like celebrate uh, like, you know, people from like, you know, my culture, uh, you know, a, a little more uh, when they get this kind of spotlight because it's uh, definitely cool. And it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, you know, obviously like a little biased because it's just like I, I, I love everybody. But when it's your own people, it, it feels a little more special. Dude, no, I understand. I mean, I, I get excited when when characters represent my viewpoints mm-hmm. <laughs> because my viewpoints are so like are so far from the mainstream and so far from uh like you know the the status quo of how like how capitalism works and how all the different like you know how colonialism works and all these different things that have you know set us down this you know route in history i get really excited when like a viewpoint that i have is shared on the screen and i'm like hey that's like 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 katie talking about you know can't me being a valet be enough like like i was like yay that's 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 how i feel like thank you thank you for acknowledging that this is like an an okay like like i'm okay i'm good i'm good enough like like i don't know i really uh i appreciate things like that which is like because it's not hard for me to look at anything in at any any tv show movie like music anything and see myself represented because there's white dudes everywhere mm-hmm. like there's straight white dudes everywhere so i uh i just um like i i find it boring to see myself represented like that and anymore i look for the views that i have to be represented in things to feel like like i'm real <laughs> because yeah. i know when it comes to when it comes to most like like I know if, as far as, you know, just people I work with when it comes to, you know, white straight males, there's three guys I work with who share a, a common viewpoint with me on the world out of, you know, I want to say like 60% of the people who work at my store are white dudes. Mm-hmm. There, there's a very specific scene. Uh, it was the first, I, I guess they were at dinner w- w- with their friends uh, and they were... That's- and like they're basically just talking about uh you know like their time and their friends are kind of looking at them like yo like isn't it time uh to kind of like grow up up. like you know like oh like sean you can speak four different languages katie like you have all these degrees but they're kind of just like uh we're just kind of doing what we want and just like you know enjoying our lives and i i kind of that like resonated with me right because i have uh, been in those kind of situations right um, and, and not like more recently but like in the past I've, I've been sitting with friends uh where they're just like uh like what are you doing with your life and it's like they're, they're kind of like judging which is kind of weird where it's just like hey like i'm doing like you know like like what i want i'm not hating my life i'm not really doing anything to get in the way of your life uh, so I, I don't get why you're like trying to like make me feel bad for living my life and you know it, it was just like I just saw that scene. I'm like, man, I've, I've been in that situation before, and I, I and I totally just like you know uh, got where Sean and Katie were coming from because I feel like that's uh, you know how I was and still kind of am, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I also I, I get also the like that dinner scene, and then also like her her scene at her house with her family, like that it really is like a huge like immigrant pressure, especially among Asian people 
to like be this like model minority sort of situation where mm-hmm. like you become you know this big success and you're you're supposed to excel at math and all these different things that are you know stereotypes that are you know ho- you know hoisted upon this uh this ethnicity and you know more than just you know ethnicity like entire region of the the world when it comes to like you know from you know uh, like Chinese Americans and Japanese Americans to you know also Indian Americans and all and like it's not just like it's it's a it's a fully Asian thing the whole you know East East Asian thing um, and I uh, I I really I really like that that they um, I don't know I just really like that idea that they were acknowledging that there's this you know huge pressure on these communities and everyone in them to be this model minority thing. And it's like, no, like nobody owes anybody anything. You just should like try to be happy and then be happy for other people if they can find a way to be happy themselves. As long as they're not, you know, as long as you're not affecting your friends' lives by, you know, being less ambitious or whatever the fuck they want to tack on to, you know, what, what you're doing, like it doesn't affect them at all they should just be like happy that you're doing okay and i don't know i i i really i really like that that acknowledgement of that whole that whole situation just because i know like i know how lucky i was that that my family like essentially like gave up on me (laughs) like at at a moment and then realized when i got hit by like mid to late 20s they were like oh actually tyler's fine yeah, he's he's not going to be a complete failure because he's not following this, you know, uh, the, the the certain path that they would probably want you on or expect you to be on. Yeah. But a, another really important thing that happened in that conversation, um, I, and I forget their friend's name, uh, which I, I don't even know if they even said her name, but uh, she mentioned uh, the, the blip, which I'm like, okay, this is yeah. uh, this is one sign of you know, uh, uh, yeah. you know, referencing um, things that happened like you know, like before uh, Shang Chi, so you kind of get an idea where this is kind of taking place in the timeline. Obviously, this is like you know, post blip, post end game. So it, it's it's always um, cool for me whenever these newer properties are coming out because it's like okay, we're getting further and further away from end game in the blip, and things are just starting to get more interesting as we move along. Uh, so um, when I when I heard that I'm like okay cool this is uh, like cool that they reference like such a big event and we know that it's post that and I'm just excited to to see what's coming next which uh, you know it's, it's still kind of up in the air but I, I just thought that conversation was really important um, for them to reference that but then also when you cut to the second dinner scene right the, the end of the movie and they're just trying to like kind of explain like yo like we saved the entire universe and their friends are thinking that they're like like full of bs but it's like it it was just such a funny uh position because it it went from like the first conversation like oh like you guys need to like you know try to take a lot more serious right and then it's like okay they do something serious right they literally save the entire universe uh and then their friends just aren't believing them and then you know boop the portal opens and wong kind of steps out and he's just like shang chi and he's just kind of like looking around and then uh you know uh, shang chi raises his hand he's like oh here and yeah and then they're everybody in the whole entire bar restaurant is just like in awe right because Wong just cuts through this portal out of nowhere and they're just like what the hell is going on I, I, I thought it, it was funny how like those two scenes played out like that yeah no it was it was really good it was the the movie was so it was it was so fun it was so fun it was so funny it was so it was sad it was every single thing 
like it like my jaw was on the floor like a lot i was just like i i do think like there wasn't really like any like twist in the movie really oh oh yeah post credit scene there was a twist oh yeah yeah but like oh yeah i mean that was a twist okay but we'll, we'll, we'll get there was a twist that yeah um but there wasn't any like real like twist in the movie like a lot of the movie i feel like i like like i could see coming but it still didn't like impact the emotional like 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 i don't know like the emotional stab i was going to get when it when it inevitable when the the other shoe dropped on some of those things like i feel like like once i kind of understood where the movie was going like i mean i guess the twist one of the twists was ben kingsley showing up that was that was definitely unexpected <laughs> They played that whole situation that whole situation out so well, right? Because everybody was because I know um, when they announced like you know uh, Shang Chi and the, the Legend of the Ten Rings, people were like, "We've already got the Ten Rings. Like, are they just going to ignore the fact that Mandarin was already in Iron Man three? But the way that they played it out was perfect, dude. I oh the other night we watched uh, the All Hail the King one shot. I'd never seen it before. Okay. Um. So we watched that because I noticed they put it up on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, that thing is cool. Yeah, I, I wish they would do more things like that. I I, I hope so because um, obviously that, that's gotten a lot of good feedback, and they they have this it's platform. So well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so well done. Like, uh, and also like that actor who plays the guy who's interview who's interviewing uh, Trevor or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like you know the the uh, cameras making the gun. Yeah. in it which looked so good it looked so good um for that coming out you know what seven years ago or whatever like it looked really good um but uh that actor who's interviewing him um he has been showing up in like everything we were watching he's in the third season of true detective um fuck we watched that uh that argo movie recently um so i hadn't seen it since it was in theaters and he's in that and he's in all these different things. Uh, he's in, um, uh, fuck, um, God, what's her face? Anna Kendrick. She's in like some like, like rom com like uh, show on HBO Max. Oh, um, uh, love! Uh, it has to do with love. Love life. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, love yeah. life. Yeah. Did you watch that? I I did. It made me hate relationships for a little bit, uh, <laughs> but I I did watch it. Dude, I I really liked it. Um, the dude. Um, uh, the dude who played Cheedy in uh, The Good Place or whatever, he's going to be the second season of that show is going to be all centered around his love life um, and it's supposed to intersect with Anna Kendrick's story somehow too. Oh, like that, that's that, Yeah, that show is going to be like an anthology series so like every season is going to take on a new person mm-hmm. and follow them all the way through their love life. It's really cool. But yeah, that actor who's interviewing the Mandarin in the one shot, he's in that uh, He's in that too. And um, it's just funny that like, it's funny how that works where like you see like just like plain dude, plain white dude in a movie. And then until you finally see something where he actually like sticks out, then you start noticing that dude who's been in so many other yeah. things like over years. It's just really, really funny. Like, especially when all of a sudden you watch like 10 things in like a year and the same dude just keeps popping up in all of them. Yet they're from like, you know, 12 years of movies. Uh, it was very, very funny. Uh, that just came to mind when we were uh, talking about the Mandarin. But uh, yeah, dude, the way they introduced uh, Ben Kingsley again was so awesome. He's 
so funny, dude. He's so fucking funny. And the way that they made him an important character, right? Because they could have easily just had him cameo yeah. for like a couple seconds and be gone. But no, he played an important role in Shang-Chi and them being successful. Yeah, no, he like, uh, dude, Morris, the cutest thing without a face. The chicken pig or whatever Katie was calling it. Chicken, chick, yeah, chicken pig. That thing was so cute. Yeah, and, um, but it was interesting that uh, he was like, "Oh, you you can see more." So, like, I'm not crazy. So I, it made me wonder, <laughs> like, if like the people from the Ten Rings like weren't able to see those mystical creatures, or if he was just um, just making like a weird comment. I'm I'm not sure what that was about. Well, it also it makes me wonder how long he'd been in there and nobody had interacted with them. True. Maybe he was he's going stir crazy. Yeah, like that's the, that's the sense I got is like maybe when they found him like they found him entertaining for a while and then as uh when Wu kind of slowly circled the drain on you know his his sadness and madness uh it makes me wonder if they stopped pulling old Trevor out to you know be a jester for the the king they might have just kind of left him in there to you know to his own devices for an extended period of time and he might have just gone completely stir crazy and thought he was making up this little chicken pig. Yeah, it, it was amazing to to, to see him <laughs> play a fake dead on the battlefield, right? Because uh, Morris was all sad, and then he was just like, "I'm just acting." He's like, "Get down here." That was uh, that, that that was a great moment. That was really good too. Yeah, man, it was so good. I just I, like like the bus scene was sick. the The scaffolding scene was sick. The the fight the the arena scene with him and his sister was sick. I loved her style, dude. She had such a cool style. I thought she was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was awesome. I just thoroughly impressed with their ability to keep getting me to care about characters. I've no, I've known nothing about. I was just really happy that, uh, you know, Katie, um, Aquafina, I, I'm just glad that she, as like his uh, sidekick, like continued to be an important part um, through the entire movie. Cause, yeah, because uh, they they could have easily just had her pop up in the like the the beginning and the end, but she was like she was like I'll, I'll you know talk to you on the plane or whatever. So it's like oh cool, she's going with him on the trip and just I I, I think she was just like a a, a perfect um, element to, to kind of balance everything out because she had like you know her comedic moments like when she bet against uh, Shang Chi when she like you know had all that money was stuffing it in her fanny pack. And he's like you bet against me, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like. Yeah, and but but then um her uh, coming in clutch and actually saving everybody right when she shot that arrow, yeah. uh and and um hit that uh, demon through the throat. I was just like, this is so cool that she became uh you know way more relevant, uh and is going to be around because she you know went with Shang Chi yeah. uh, you know uh, with Wong through that portal. So it's not like she's just going to get left in the dust. She's going to be around for a bit, which I'm just so excited for. Yeah, I uh, I really liked her a lot in it, dude. Those things, the soul suckers, were so scary looking. Yeah, yeah, but oh, and uh, shout out to that water dragon that came in clutch, right? Because when Chang Chi, dude, that thing was so sick too. Yeah, it, yeah, I know they the the dragon looked so cool. I don't know. I just I thought like like I remember I remember us talking about the the one moment, or you talking about the one moment in Black Widow that really took you out with the the tank coming around the corner mm -hmm. and i remember like kind of like trying to like pay attention for like i wonder if there's going to be like a really like 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 you know abhorrent cgi moment in this movie that's going to take me out 
and even the bus scenes that you could tell were like you know like manufactured on a computer like in a way like still it all looked sick it all looked fantastic it looked just as good as any of the other marvel movies and i i just i never really had a moment even i was watching the dragon and i was like trying to uh like trying to like find moments where i could pick out where like you know it could lose me and it never did yeah yeah that didn't cross my mind i was so sucked in like the whole time it, it was it, it was yeah. fun it was definitely a, like a great movie from start to finish and, and kind of give me like remind me of when i went to watch uh captain america the the first avenger for the first time i i'm like not the biggest captain america fan and i didn't expect anything good from it but when i walked out of the theater i was like damn that was a good movie like i can't say anything bad about it yeah, my thing with Captain America is you make Nazis the bad guys, and I'm in, I'm in the car, like, I'm in passenger seat, ready to go wherever you want to go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn on our porch light real quick. Yeah, no problem. And I, I, I guess we can get into oh, no. the, um, the post-credit scenes, because uh, I... Yes. I, I going back to Black Widow, right? Like, we were, like, there was, it was just kind of not super, like, right? A anything good, so going into shang chi i was like okay there there has to be there there has to be like a setup and i i, I was just like okay cool right we, we we get the the first post-credit scene and it's uh you know shang chi katie and wong talking to bruce banner and uh, captain marvel which i thought was really interesting because captain marvel's hair she she had longer hair this time uh versus mm -hmm. the last time we saw her she, she had her her short hair so i'm just like that's um, pretty interesting. I, I, I just thought that was, uh, you know, uh, like an interesting move for them to go back to that older hairstyle. And then also seeing Bruce Banner is uh, Bruce Banner. Back is Bruce Banner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not the Hulk. And, and we know that it was post Endgame because he was still in that uh, that sling. So for, for him to have been able to, to transform back to, to Bruce and not being Hulk full time, I, I thought that was like really interesting. Um, but, but it was cool to, to, to see them on like that weird, like, you know, video call that they're on, like, you know, like during end game. Yeah, no, um, uh, one thing. So the, my, my takeaway from that scene that I thought was so cool is that, um, his dad had been using those rings forever mm -hmm. and it wasn't until he used them did it started a signal yeah yeah i i, I, yeah. I was i was like I, I was looking into that and like and obviously there's no clear answer at this point but people like I'm, go ahead yeah you go ahead oh no, you uh, go ahead. like the the big speculation is is that that signal that's going off is a beacon to let whoever out there know that that demon was killed Right, that that demon and in this timeline of this realm has been defeated. So maybe it's just like, all right, like, like heads up, like we're being killed off, like, like you know, pay attention. But ooh, that could be. Well, my thing was was because the rings changed colors mm -hmm. when he used them, and because he like the way he uh, like I also like in my head the way one of the things I was noticing was the way they were fighting. Um, when he was first using the rings, he was kind of using them like his dad, but the way he like, kind of like pulled like the Kamehameha thing or whatever, where he was like pulling the rings out of the monster or whatever was kind of some like, like 
reflective of how his mom like the 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 martial arts that his mom fought with so it's like to me i wondered if possibly like the rings being wielded by somebody who isn't using them just for power and uh and control but is using them to like like you know help and like do good mm-hmm. like i'm curious if that might have like unlocked something in the the rings like maybe they're like i mean i i i really think like whatever whatever his dad was when his dad was using the rings versus him using the rings like he turned it up to 11 like he was able to do things with the rings that his dad might not even realize were possible um i think because possibly his dad was just like pointing and shooting them rather than like figuring out like well how can i like really like utilize these things to like do the most like good and i think that might have like unlocked something else so that's that that was my takeaway was that that shang in particular using the rings sent a beacon out and to me it kind of like it 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 kind of like not to 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 jump universes but with um with the mother boxes in justice league, like at the moment when, you know, earth was weak it, you know, the mother box sparked up and was like, yo, it's time to come take this bitch. Mm-hmm. Like for me, maybe the ring was like, Hey, there's finally somebody worthy of using these things, which means there's somebody powerful on earth now. Like, so whatever these rings are connected to, there's somebody finally powerful enough to be a threat to you know, wherever these rings came from. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And they never really explained why they changed colors. So um, obviously yeah. what his dad was doing versus what Shang is doing is two different things. Yeah, that's 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 the way it struck me, is that to me, like, the, the blue was kind of like just the default color. Like, if you, you know, just got him out of the box and then started using him, and the orange is like if you actually like read the instructions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and the, the fact that uh, obviously uh, they analyze those rings and kind of d- determine that they are not from this planet, uh, maybe not even yeah. from this universe. It was just like, dude, where the hell did these things come from? Yeah, no, I uh, that that part really like um, that part really really interested me. I I'm because I I just I love mystery and I love lore. Mm-hmm. And I love when when these stories can like really send you away, like being like, "Well, fuck," <laughs> you know, like like what, like like what, like when all of the questions are answered, it's like, "Well, okay, cool, thanks for that," you know, show. But I guess I'll catch the next one. But like when they can leave you like so, you know, open ended on something like as something as important to the story as that and still not clear it up and make it this, you know, ongoing thing. It's like, well, shit, like I really like kind of thought they would like explain that. I guess, I guess next time, I don't know. I, I, I really, I thought that was cool. Yeah. They definitely left a lot of things open. Cause when you get to the, the second post-credit scenes, uh, the last we heard about uh, Sha Ling was that she was going back to their uh, family compound to, to shut down the 10 rings. Right. And that's what it seems like she's doing at first, but then it kind of opens uh-huh. up and you see that she's kind of set up shop there and is continuing the 10 rings operation, which was 
kind of surprising to me because I'm just like, wait, is she going to be a villain now? Because what is she planning to do? Because she was already kind of doing illegal activities with her underground, you yeah. know, fight league or whatever. But now it's just like now she's in command of her dad's uh, army uh, and she's included like a lot, uh, you know, like uh, women. Right. Because before we, you didn't see any. So that's kind of like her thing. Like, OK, cool. Like uh, nobody wanted to teach me. I'm going to open up the doors to teach everybody. Uh, which is interesting, but I'm, I'm just like, I don't know what her play is next because like, you know, when it was finally over, it says the 10 rings will return, but are they, are we talking about Shang or Shang-Chi's 10 rings or are we talking about the 10 rings organization? Like, like where are we going to go? Which I'm just kind of like, okay, that that's kind of like a cool play, play on words. Cause it, it's, it's most like, it's definitely going to be both, but I just want to know like at what capacity. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if, if anything might be uh, spinning off into a TV show is my my thought with with her situation mm-hmm. i'm curious if we might if we might see like some sort of like a a tv show about that that stuff especially considering like that um they like i, I just i can't see i don't see them have having the price tag on some of the actors because they're all so young and so unknown that possibly they could afford to do like, you know, a pretty decent TV show with these actors, considering that, you know, they, if they just paid them like more money than they've ever been paid before, but it's still going to be less than they have to pay fucking Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. <laughs> to do some shit or Elizabeth Olsen. Like they can, you know, get away with possibly like giving like a really like, I don't know, like bond esque, maybe like secret organization um tv shows revolving around these characters because that's my thing i always i always get so upset when they when they do these new um these new superhero films and they cast like super well-known people in all of the roles and i'm like motherfucker like why don't you give this to somebody who like this could like 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 shang chi like this is going to explode his career now and like make him this household name and uh even if not everybody can pronounce it (laughs) um like but uh so like my my thought always when they do things like that it's like all right well fucking like line them up let's get them in everything let's you know you don't have to pay these these actors the same thing you have to pay as scarlett johansson or uh robert johnny jr so like you know roll them out and everything like roll them out as often as you can and let's and you know include them in as many stories as possible um so that's 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 one of my my thoughts is i'm wondering if they're going to spin any things off any of these off into a uh, tv show but uh i do appreciate her just being the girl boss in the end i thought that was pretty sick there was one thing that that was interesting about her um in that last fight scene when she was throwing around that weapon and i don't even know what it's called right the the one with like the little arrowhead on the end and like the, the rope yeah, yeah. Uh, there's at certain points where she was throwing it and it would glow orange like you know Shang-Chi's rings and I'm like wait did she get special powers too that they just kind of it's it's the dragon scale that's what they were uh, that's why all their weapons were glowing uh, a little bit orange was they mm-hmm. had the they were all made of the dragon scale or whatever okay um, yeah yeah that's that's what that was okay hold on Damn. That's why uh, that's why Razor Fist broke that uh, broke that spear off and then hooked up uh, um, hooked it up to his little uh, sword thing. Mm-hmm. And that that was a great moment where 
they were just like, why would we help you? And then that w- the first dude gets soul sucked, and he's just like, no, he's like, everybody, like, let him go. Like, we, we got to team up because they saw like how serious that threat was because like none of their normal attacks were getting through. Also, the fact that the first one they nabbed was the badass, like the uh, death dealer or whatever. Yeah, yeah death dealer. Yeah, the first one who gets smoked is Death Dealer, like arguably the most badass of all of them. He just gets smoked out the gates. Yeah, that was awesome. I really, I really appreciated that they, the, the soul sucker, essentially the little bitty guy, just grabbed the first, the first dude they grabbed was the most dangerous one there. Oh, um, I saw something. Uh, Action showed it to me right before uh, we got on here too, or it was one of the so. <laughs> since i don't have like i don't have twitter on my phone anymore um ashton will send me like tweets that she sees throughout the day mm-hmm. and then at the end of the day i'll just look in our my dms with her and i'll just go through and that's my twitter feed anymore is like whatever she saw on twitter that day and thought to send me um but she sent me this video of the the chick who played their aunt mm-hmm. like 36 years ago in some uh in some kung fu film mm-hmm. and she is kicking ass dude yeah like she is so sick yeah and if i'm being honest like uh like she was in crashing tiger hidden dragon but like i don't really recognize her from anything but crazy rich asians so when uh i saw her in chong chi and then i'm um, uh you know I, I saw that floating around twitter of like you know that uh footage from her in those old uh, yeah. chinese films and just being a complete badass I was like damn this lady's been killing it forever and i, I feel like i'm just like playing catch up because i'm so late to, to her career yeah dude god it that, that's 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 so sick I don't know. It's just it's really really cool when you can tell that the pe- the people doing the motions and doing the the like the choreography like know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I like I really appreciated her dance with uh, with with Shang. I thought that was really cool too when she's teaching him. I don't know. It's just it was just just a really well balanced movie, man. <laughs> yeah. No. I I thought it was really important when uh, she taught him to like to to you know to not have his uh, you know uh his fists you know like so tightly wound and she was like like open your hand and just kind of like just have it like flow because because but p- people are, are calling them airbenders right because like you know um, yeah yeah so i was just uh as, as, as she kept saying that too she kept going oh my god ang, it's fucking ang. <laughs> yeah so that that was a cool thing for right his mom sister to be able to teach him their ways to to help defeat like the the evil yeah, no, it was really cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to go over with Shang Chi. I, I, I think that like we, we literally pretty much covered everything. Uh, but I, I am happy that. I think we covered- yeah, I, I am happy that uh, the, the movie was a, a, a success, right, from all angles. And I started to see it trickle in, right, because I, I watched it on Saturday. It came out like you know Thursday night or whatever. But just to mm-hmm. see so many people that I follow who are like actual like film buffs right like super into like film like way more than me praising that movie i'm like oh that's really interesting that they went out and saw it and enjoyed it that much and then i went and looked at the rotten tomato score because i was curious and i was like oh a 90 like at the time it was like a 91 percent and i was like okay that's actually rated pretty high but i'm still gonna go watch it to form my own opinion but just like going into it it was just there was just so many positive things that i was seeing that i was like okay like it can't be that bad yeah, no, when we were leaving the theater, I, I, I always ask Ashton, I always go like, what's, what's Twitter saying about this movie? And she looked it up while we were on our way home and was like, 
everybody seems pretty psyched on it. I was like, all right, cool, 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 good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems the general consensus this is awesome. Yeah, it seems unanimous, and and even like like some of my friends who are like Asian that don't really like uh, like that I don't know to be like superhero fans or like that movie got them out to the theater just to show support, you know. That's awesome. Um, what did you think of the Eternals trailer? If I'm being honest, I I, I haven't watched it. I'm kind of just. Oh really? Yeah. You didn't get you didn't get it in the theater. Oh 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 okay. Um I. So the, the theater that I go to now, because where I live, um, I I go to this like outdoor Korean mall, right? And um, mm -hmm. th there's a uh, there's a Korean theater on, on the fourth floor, and like that that mall is pretty low key, and the theater's not that big. So I, I started watching movies there, but when I went to uh, Shang Chi on the weekend, I got to the theater late, so I, I hit traffic getting into the parking garage. And then when I got to the theater, I was like, I really need a beverage and something to snack on. So I waited in line, which well, there was a really long line. And when I got into the theater, like the movie was just starting. So I missed all the trailers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Uh, the Eternals trailer looks pretty sick, dude. It, 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 it looks cool. Okay. I, uh, I'm pretty stoked for it. I really like uh, Richard Madden, though, the dude from Game of Thrones, uh, Rob Stark. Okay. I really, really like him, and I'm, uh, and I like Kit Harrington too. The dude who played Jon Snow, who's mm -hmm. playing Black Knight. Um, I really like both of them a lot, so I'm pretty psyched. It looks like it's going to be fun. It looks, and also uh, um, Kumail Nanjiani or whatever from Silicon Valley. Um, I really like him. Also, I think he's really funny. He's his uh, his movie uh, Love Birds on Netflix with Issa Rae or whatever. It's super fucking funny. Also, sorry, it's like getting dark, so I know you can't see me anymore. But oh, it's fine. Uh, it, um, but uh, but yeah, I uh, it, it looks pretty sick. That and the Spider Man trailer have me really excited for the the rest of the Marvel roster this year. Okay, yeah, I I, I was gonna bring that up because I feel like that is uh, pretty important uh, because when when you watch the Spider Man trailer we kind of get a glimpse of like what the movie's like really about. Right. Uh, uh, Peter Parker hits up Dr. Strange and wants to know if he can like reverse everyone's knowledge of him knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And when he finds out that it's going to also affect MJ, he like interferes with the spell and that kind of like sets off like this crazy ripple and like messes up Dr. Strange's like, like a, a initial spell and, um, and is probably what caused all these older villains to come back. Right. Cause some of them like, uh, Doctor Octopus is supposed to be dead, uh, but it's like, where did he come from? That that that, that was like a really big surprise because like I, I watched that and I was like, holy shit, they actually brought that dude back. And then I knew he, but but we also saw like um right um one of those pumpkins just kind of rolling by, but we don't actually yeah. see uh the yeah. um you know, green you goblin. You're laughing though. You hear the you're laughing, laughing, but you're kind of like, holy shit, like it's going down in this next movie. Okay, so it's two things. So I knew uh, I knew the dude who played Doc Ock was coming back. Mm -hmm. And one, you said a lot of words, and you could have just said Peter fucks everything up. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, he. Yeah, but I, I wanted to explain why. But right, yeah, he he. But but I, I get why, right? Because he had this crazy yeah. secret, and he he had to lie to the like his like his girl, like the girl that he had the crush on, and and, and everybody, yeah. yeah. 
and for for, for him to to because and obviously he didn't uh, and when he's like requesting this thing he didn't realize that he has to be very specific and he didn't know that you you, you can't really pick and choose with these kind of sort of things it's kind of like a like a blanket kind of thing so um i i don't blame him for being like holy shit never mind like uh but it's it, it just it, it was a cool setup because now things are starting to like come together because you're like wait like how are they gonna explain why all these people are back and like in uh you know this like realm or this timeline yeah, like it's never gonna be clean process to put the toothpaste back in the tube, dude. Like, <laughs> like you're gonna have to cut some shit open. It's gonna be painful, like to do something like that. I don't know. I'm really excited. I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I like how much Benedict Cumberbatch is getting stuff to do because he's gonna. I mean, he's seeming to be a big role in this, and then he's gonna come right back for his sequel whenever. Uh, next year happens which speaking of did the the what if this week yes or last yes and i i feel like this is like a, another finger uh, pointing towards because right like in uh the, the the first episode and then even with the, the this more recent one we're seeing like these crazy powerful like tentacles coming through right but we're not seeing what it actually <laughs> is from the other side there's a lot of speculation of it being uh shuma gorath um, who I, I'm not like super like you know uh, well versed with my Schumacher knowledge. I just know that character from uh, the fighting games like Marvel versus Capcom two and Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom two, uh, but known to be very powerful. So to I don't to, know anything about that. Yeah, so it's like this crazy like. Uh, do you know what Schumacher looks like? It's like it's it's like think of like no. a think of like a I want to not, not like an octopus or maybe like an octopus, uh, but just not as like many tentacles, but just like crazy like teeth like really sharp teeth and like one eyeball it shoots lasers out of its eye i'll have to send you a picture um but it's i was gonna say it sounds like some lovecraft shit yeah it's pretty crazy but that's like that's the speculation of what those tentacles are but i, I feel like with uh with that very specific episode of the what if um the um god what's the girl's name from dr strange the girl with the, the bald girl i can't think of her name the ancient uh, one. The, the ancient one, yeah. Yeah, for for um her to come out and uh, speak about these um absolute points in time, I think that's what yeah. that was like the really important takeaway from from that episode is that there are these absolute points in time that you you can't change, but if you manage to change them, you're gonna fuck up like a lot of shit. And, and she's trying to explain that to Doctor Strange, and right, he he finally uh was able to change that absolute uh point in time, but it ruined everything right he was just left alone the, the the whole timeline disappeared and even when he finally got what he wanted it didn't want him back if that makes sense right he, he finally got um yeah why, why can't i think of her name i'm drawing the blank the his, his co-worker Rachel McAdams. yeah when, when he finally Rachel. got when he finally got her and then when she was like kind of like fading out she was like what did you do right because he messed up everything and it's like that's not what she wanted like her death like and it, it should have been clear to him, right? Like her death had to happen because he tried every which way to to bring her back and to prevent her death, right? He even stood her up, everything. But no, it's like no matter what happened, she was gonna die, and he could not accept that absolute point in time. And it just um, like that greed just ruined everything for him. So, uh, so I've never read the book because I'm bad at reading. Um, but uh, I I loved the movie when I was a kid. Have you ever seen the Time Machine with Guy Pierce? No, never heard of it. Time Machine. Oh, dude. So it's it's based on the book, and apparently, I've heard it's pretty faithful. I'm sure if I'm if I'm full of shit right now, somebody will let us know that I'm stupid. Um, but uh, I've heard it's pretty faithful. But the the way the, that Doctor Strange episode is the Time Machine. Okay. 
that's it's it's the it's a classic it's a classic tale um i say i want to say the time machine was written in like the 1800s or something i can't remember who uh it, i don't think it was orwell i don't think it was or orwell who wrote it but it might be it might have been uh uh orwell who wrote the time machine but um it's 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 all centered around this um this physicist who's uh whose fiance dies and he spends all this time building this time machine and he keeps going back and trying to save her and she just finds another way to die every time and it's like devastating to watch but where dr strange just keeps on trying and then figures out like how to how to fight it essentially and then ruin time and space in general um in the time machine he decides that he's not going to find his answers in the past trying to keep doing this so he decides to go to the future mm -hmm. and try to find an answer but because he never told anyone he built a time machine and apparently no one else figures out how to build a time machine because possibly nobody else had the drive that he had to do it so he's the only one traveling through time because he never told anybody else how to do it or how to build it and he took his machine with him to do it um, it's really interesting. Guy Pierce, uh, uh, if you're familiar with that actor or whatever, he's the, he's the main character in it and it's super, super sad, but it, uh, it's really funny. Cause at one point, um, they deal with like horrific, like natural disasters that I feel like we're like right on track to commit on this planet. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, like you watch it, like watching the time machine. Now I feel like some of the CGI and stuff might look shitty. But I remember it freaking me out as a kid because there's these like really freaky looking things in it um, in the future. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I say I, I would I would check it out. I remember seeing it in the theaters when I was a kid and it kind of gave me a, a little bit of nightmares. But um, it's uh, it's pretty sick. I mean, in my head, it still holds up. If I, if I think about everything that happens in it, like even if maybe some of the effects don't look great in things it's still like a really solid story and it's really awesome. And I love Guy Pierce. I've loved him ever since LA confidential. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds like right up my alley. Cause I'm, I'm, I love anything that has to do with time travel. Cause I, I find that idea so fascinating and the, just the thought of it, like in our world and our timeline, I'm like, I wonder what it would be like. Would it just be like mass chaos? Or like how, oh, yeah. how how would you even like regulate that right? Because I'm sure w with everything, people are going to be doing, uh, you know, uh, their, yeah, their own type of <laughs> shit. So it's just like, is there going to be a butterfly effect? Are we going to open up like uh, the multi like the multiverse just like in the MCU? Like it, like it's it's just yeah, it's just crazy to think about. It kind of hurts my head sometimes when uh, it's just like, what would I do? Like I don't know if you have ever seen that meme, which I saw the other day, which I, I was dying. It was like this meme. And um, it says like, uh, you know, time invention or uh, uh, time machines get built. And it's like, oh, girls uh, go back and relive their favorite moments with their ex. And then it's like guys. And there's like a picture of like um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm pretty sure it's like it's like uh, Rambo. Like it's, it's like or not Rambo um, is like Hercules. It's like like mid sprint. And it's just like the caption is like uh, Harambe, get away from that kid. <laughs> I'm just like dying because that's just so stupid, but so funny at the same time, because that's that's like the dumb shit that people think about. Right. It's like, yeah, they're going to want to go back and save fucking Harambe when they could have, like, they have the power to go back to any point in time. Like, the one thing they want to do is like, fucking go save Harambe. It's just like, it, I had me dying. Dude. That's very fucking funny. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, we're at an interesting point, right? Uh, 
Shang-Chi's uh, Shang out. Um, Eternals is up next. We have the what if going on, which is a lot better than I thought, if I'm being honest. I, I didn't have high hopes for it, but they, they, they touch on some pretty interesting, um, you know, what ifs, like pretty entertaining. I uh, so not not only did I think I was going to like it because of the whole uh, Captain Carter thing mm -hmm. being like, you know, announced as like one of the what ifs. I was like, I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. I'm excited to watch that. And also see Steve Rogers become Iron Man. Like I was like, oh, that'll be really neat. I'm, I'm excited to see how they did that. The way they did that one. Fucking phenomenal. Um, but then from then on, I was like, I was like, OK, cool. I guess we'll see what the other ones are. And the T'Challa becoming Star-Lord, I thought that one was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I love how every single one ends in some unforeseen, awful repercussion. Yeah. Like, even if in some of the situations, like, like we, know, we get no Winter Soldier yeah. with, with Captain Carter. We get no Winter Soldier. Bucky, Bucky never gets experimented on because nobody takes Peggy seriously, so she just fucks off. And doesn't wait around mm -hmm. for like the okay to go, you know, save, save the, the, um, the Howling Commando. She just goes and does it because nobody's going to take her seriously anyway. Yeah. She's trying um, to prove a point. And she, yeah, she's trying to prove a point, which is, uh, which is so, so real from a, like, in my opinion, for what I would imagine a female's perspective in that situation would be. But, um, but then, it, you know, we get no Winter Soldier, but then, you know, I don't know, it's just, just all these different things happen because of that, which is cool. And then, but then the idea of like, because of, like, because of what, because Peter Quill is completely inept, not becoming Star-Lord, like, T'Challa is able to like talk Thanos out of, yeah, out, out of, of all this stuff. Out of snapping. Like T'Challa is this benevolent person who's able to create like a central, like universal peace and like do all these great things, like turn the Ravagers into like, you know, the Peace Corps essentially, who were like going around just like doing awesome shit all around the universe. But it also still, it turns, you know, there's still like horrible ramifications for that too. Yeah. It, um, it, it, it definitely, know. definitely shows that no matter what there's going to be like some great evil presence right because he, he managed to convince Thanos to, to to not uh you know go through with his plan but then the collector decides like okay cool there's there, there's no one here i'm going to take position and then he had you know manages to get the black order to, to you know be working uh, with him and yeah. it, it's just like it's so crazy but uh, yeah somebody's there'll always be a power vacuum essentially yeah and then okay at the and the one thing that I have to accept with like these what ifs is that like I, I and they, they do a good job of always leading me wanting more right because we're going down these like interesting or interesting uh you know story paths and like at, at the end of that episode where like we see Star Lord is like a you know he's like a janitor or something at like a school and then like ego shows up and you're kind of like wait is he gonna like turn evil is he gonna be able to like take his his actual son and like you know take him with him and turn him into something he's gonna be able to do he was gonna be able to do the thing he was trying to do with star lord to begin with yeah and, and take over the universe with yeah. his weird roots and it just yeah, i don't know yeah i i i love that they do that that they have those, those endings. and even at like the, the end of the the uh, most recent one with doctor strange you're just like wow he's just sad and has to live in like that weird crystal bubble by himself yeah i don't know i uh i've been i've been really enjoying them especially because I think they've like, 
they just said a lot with the shorter amount of time that they get to do it. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's really been, it's been super interesting to me. Yeah. And it, and it, it, I feel like it's keeping this trajectory with these Disney plus series. They keep getting better and better and better. And even though this, what if it's not like live action, I, I feel like they're still able to kind of keep up with the level of content with um, the animated version. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, and I really like the animation. I think the animation was really cool too. Um, Ashton says it looks like the uh, the animation from that Atlantis movie that Disney made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that. I, when she pointed it out, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> kind of spot on. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. Um, but man, what what the next big movie is, is Eternals? When does that come out? Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure. I want to say it's like November, maybe December. I'm looking it up right now. So yeah, the Eternals is supposed to come out, uh, scheduled to come out on November 5th. So, cool, cool, cool. So about like yeah, like almost exactly two months from now. Um, uh, if uh, you know, obviously I I have to ask because I don't want to assume, but uh, Eternals comes out. Do you want to do this again? Keep it going? Absolutely. Okay. Man. Okay. All right. Uh, that's great. I'm I'm happy because, like I said, even before we started recording, like these podcasts are some of my favorite ones to do because I I love being able to to just have a discussion with somebody about the MCU because it's this really interesting thing that's building. Um, you know, in, in real time, it's not like this has ever been done before. So the fact that we're getting to you know uh, go on these deep dives and talk about like uh, you know our takeaways, I I think it's really fun. Yeah, no, it's 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 super fun. It's also I don't know like. Do talking every talking anything through like you always end up like coming to different, especially like talking with somebody who likes has a completely different life experience than you. Like me, me and my girlfriend Ashton, we we always end up coming to like all these different like pulling all all these different threads after we see these movies where I'm like, oh shit, like that didn't even occur to me, and like or like I'll say something and she's like, oh my god, I didn't even fucking notice that. And I don't know. I think like talking like talking things like this through especially in a situation like this where we kind of like make ourselves do it. Like we make ourselves go through line for line and like, and like really dissect these things. It's like, we're able to talk things out to a certain point where like maybe on surface level, you would have never really dug into it and, and, and really peeked under like all the rocks to see what was underneath of them. Yeah, well, I definitely appreciate you doing this. Um, but before we go, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Uh, you sing for a band called Inclination. Uh, I, I just want to know a, a couple things. Uh, you guys recently played uh, on uh, that uh, Knock Loose record release weekend out in Chicago. I, I was curious what your experience was like because I, I did see some video footage of your set. It, it looked insane. But uh, I was curious from your, perce- your perspective, what was that like being on that stage and being able to celebrate that band so I was really happy we got to play that show at home with End It and Shackled and Two Witnesses because going from like, like no shows for a year and a half to playing the Metro sold out would have been way like a huge like jolt to, to go from one of those, like from one extreme to the other, um, or I guess nothing to an extreme. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that show was sick um and it was nice to get like a little bit of a warm-up even though we um so we played with our fill-in drummer this kid seth who plays drums in my other band constraint Mm -hmm. um 
and they are also in uh they play guitar in a band called gates to hell mm-hmm. and they're also in a new hardcore band called hurts to lose but we played with them at the home show and then in chicago we played with uh chris from harm's way is inclination's new drummer oh wow um so we played chicago with chris so it was like it was kind of like a hectic couple weeks because we had a a practice with Seth and then we had a practice with Chris and then we also jammed our our LP with Chris because two days after that end it show um me and Isaac went to so I Isaac flew to Vegas to play some crazy fest with Danzig and then I drove up to Chicago by myself and I picked him up from the airport and then me and him and Chris were at Bricktop Studios with Andy Nelson from Weekend Nachos uh, for a week recording the Inclination LP. Um, And then I came home, worked, I worked, I got home on, I got home on Friday night. I was home for 45 minutes. Me and Ashton went to the state fair to see White Reaper play our state fucking fair. That's awesome. Um, Dude, so they played the state fair. They're in a a joke punk band called the Tommies. Okay. The Tommies opened for White Reaper at the state fair. They opened for themselves. That's crazy. At the state fair. No one from the state fair figured this out. That's that, but playing do they they play the same instruments in both bands? No, they oh. they're all switched. Oh, around. they're all switched around. Okay, okay. They also wore disguises. That's comedy. Wow, brilliant. That's a brilliant move. Wow, dude, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was an incredible fucking like joke. It was so awesome. Um, but yeah, so I was home for like forty five minutes. We went to uh, state fair. Uh, saw White Reaper, um, chilled out on Saturday, Sunday, I, I worked Monday. I worked Tuesday. I worked Wednesday. I went into work at seven 45 in the morning and I got off at three 40 in the morning the next day. Is that legal? <laughs> that's crazy. What the hell? It seems illegal, right? Oh, that's crazy. Um, I mean, re- realistically it could be, I don't know. But uh, but I I didn't know any other way around it because I needed Thursday off because we needed to be in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I ended up working until three forty that night. I drove home. I got home around four. I packed up all my shit. Um, sat down with Ashton, or I had to wake Ashton up and get her to take me to um, our guitar player's house. I met Caleb and Peter at Peter's house, and at five, around five a.m. we left to go to Chicago. The only sleep I got from the time I woke up at six o'clock in the morning before going to work on Wednesday before we played on Thursday, the only sleep I got was in the car going <laughs> to Chicago. And, uh, and I had to like be in the back seat with like equipment too. So I only had like half the back seat to like chill in, but it kind of worked out. Cause I like, I like slept with like my legs up over, um, over top of some of the gear, which I think helped my knee because I was able to like elevate it, which after being on your feet for 20 straight fucking hours, like my body was pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my feet were pretty sore. So I think like sleeping like that in the car might've helped me like get through everything. Okay. But, uh, so we get to Chicago, we hang out, um, uh, lurk plays incredible. 
fantastic. One of my favorite bands right now. Did you ever check out those new Lurk songs? I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. No, I'm so bad. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I did not. I will check them out as soon as we get off this call. I, I, I will. Dude. I will check out Lurk. I, I apologize, Lurk. No disrespect, Dude. but I will do that right when we get off this call. Dude, listen to Crack a Smile. Okay. It is my favorite song right now. It's so good. Um, but yeah, Lurk was sick. I was literally like the only person moshing at certain points because I think I was just going off too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of weird. Like Metro was requiring masks inside. So I did wear a mask, except if I was like going off or playing, I like took it off for that. So like I would just like keep my mask in my pocket. And as soon as the band was over, I put my mask back on, trying to be respectful, but also at the same time, like I'm not going to mosh with a fucking mask on. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't, I don't hang around children. I don't hang around the unvaccinated knowingly. So I'm, if I, if I catch COVID at a fucking show, then fucking whatever, like maybe it'll get me out of work for a few days because my life is miserable. And that sounds nice to me, honestly, um, which is a horrible thing to say. Um, but, uh, but it's honest. Um, so Lurk was sick. Uh, MH Chaos was, was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, great band watching watching mh chaos though um i was i had that moment where i was like watching them and i was like oh this is sick kids are going off oh fuck i've got to play next oh shit like, yes yeah, so like i look at oh shit moment, i was like oh i need to go stretch so i like watched like the first like like maybe two-thirds of their set then i went down and like like made myself stretch before i set that and then like was super anxious to play because i mean this is our first set with chris so um you know, I'm just not sure how things are going to go. Pretty sure they were going to go, you know, fine. But, um, but, uh, but, yeah, we played. It was absolutely nuts. I don't really remember too much about it except, like, you know, just, like, a few things here and there. Um, but it was sick. Um, I, uh, I busted my knuckle open. Like, it must have been really deep because it's, like, a really gnarly, like, scab on my, on my knuckle. I have no idea how I did that. Um, I'm trying to remember anything like insanely crazy from our set. And it's just all a fucking blur. Um, but it was really fun. I mean, in my head, it was a top three set. Like, I think it's up there with like LDB set from last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe like, this is hardcore. That's awesome. Um, or like Sound of Fury. Like they're, they're, they're probably like a toss up between the, the four of those shows. Like there, it was a top three set for sure for us um playing the playing the uh the comp song fruition is so fun i really love that song i'm very proud of that song um but uh yeah there was kids who knew like all the words to some of the songs which was really awesome like we, like we, they were uh uh caleb was joking around he's like it's, it's cool seeing people sing along to to things other than i'm still fucking straight edge um <laughs> for sure which was which was cool like uh like there were a bunch of kids you know like all the words to an ex of my own and uh which is really fun when kids know the words to that song so that song fucking sucks to play because i wrote too many words for that song um but uh our set was sick um it sucks incendiary had to drop i was really excited to see incendiary but they were able to like add harm's way last minute which was cool uh, so Chris had to play double duty. Yeah, that's what I was he thinking about play, him. He had to play back-to-back fucking sets, so fuck his life. Um, but uh, so that was cool. And then Knocked Loose played, and we uh, 
they had like a coordinated like confetti pop planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were supposed to have these like cannons. They were supposed to have these confetti cannons, but they showed up. They were showing up like the next day instead of that day. So they just went out to a party store and got like a bunch of like the confetti pop, like tube things or whatever. So um, they were like, uh, they, um, God, dude, this is, this is, I'm such a fucking idiot. So they coordinated like a bunch of us to like, like there was like a couple people who were going to be on each side of the stage. And then like a couple of us were going to be up in the balconies to like pop these confettis at a certain point. Um, and all my friends. And, um, but I was sitting up there and I was waiting and they were like, okay, it's like the sec, it's like the second song or the third block or whatever. So I'm sitting there up in the balcony, I'm watching and I'm like, we're just waiting for my time to like go down and get the confetti cannon and bring it to me and the kid who were going to do it from uh, the right side um, of the upper balcony. And there, uh, Brian's like, okay, this song's called Billy No Mates. And they started playing it. And I was like, fuck, I want to go stage dive. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go stage dive. So I went down and I like, like walked through the backstage and like came out and I like walked across and dove throughout my shoulder. Oh crap. I dove right on a, like I landed right on a monitor on my shoulder and like my legs landed on kids mm-hmm. and my arm like just like twisted in a weird way. And I like totally threw up my shoulder. I didn't dislocate it, but I like, like really like yanked something. And, um, and I was like, fuck, but then I just rolled back on stage and then I just did a flip and then I rolled back on stage and I dove again. And then I rolled back on stage and I dove again. And then I climbed back up on stage and I dove again. Cause I was like, ah, oh, that hurt, but I'm probably fine. And then I got up on stage. I got back up after the song was over and um, walked backstage. And I was like, fuck, my shoulder really fucking hurts. So I like got down and like made myself like do a push up just to like make sure my my shoulder was in. Yeah. I I, like, I was pretty sure it was in and uh, it hurt so bad to do a single push up. It was like excruciating fucking pain. So I was like, fuck me. Like I'm shot. I'm not even going to like, I'm I'm done for the weekend. Like I'm, I'm done tomorrow now because of this so i uh so i grabbed my fucking confetti cannon and the one for this kid nick and i went up to the balcony and i i didn't tell anybody what happened and we like i waited for the cue we hit the the confetti pop or whatever i stood there for a second and i was like trying to like stick out the rest of the set and i was like i lasted like two songs and i was like fuck dude i gotta go lay down so i like went downstairs i like found like a bat like a a plastic bag thing and like some like box of garbage and i was you know got some ice out of the cooler and tied tried to tie it off but it was like just leaking all over me my shirt was fucking covered in water and i just laid there on the couch and tried to ice my shoulder down and i took a bunch of ibuprofen too to hopefully try to cut the inflammation and get ahead of it but dude i was so fucked up i couldn't even lift my arm like like i could barely lift my arm period let alone like i couldn't even get it like I couldn't get my hand above my shoulder. That's insane. Like my, my range of motion was just fucking shot. So the next day I ended up having to get a sling and I spent the whole next day in a sling. I ended up doing a, doing a guest spot during magnitude wearing a sling because I'm an idiot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then, I mean, the next day was, was sick. Fucking one step closer. They're amazing. Their new songs are amazing. Um, Magnitude was great. They played their comp song. Their comp song's amazing too. 
uh karma was absolutely fucking crazy um it was their first set since ldb oh wow and i i, I didn't know like, that yeah yeah i mean to go from their last set being ldb to their next set being um you know sold out metro show i told i told all of them that i talked to afterwards i was like dude i was like you guys legitimately played like you deserve to be on the tour and like anybody who like even like like nothing anybody is but anybody who thinks like karma did, you know got handed something or anything like they've been fucking grinding forever like they're a fucking good band they're they're awesome kids they've been around forever they deserve some shit like this and they they fucking ripped and dude um i was actually my first time seeing gate creeper also um i'd never caught gate creeper before and they were fucking awesome they sounded huge um i really really enjoyed their set and then dude knocked loose was just unreal just fucking unreal they uh is is just just absolutely nuts i watched up in the gallery with like all the kids from one step and like some of the magnitude guys up in the balcony and like like it was just it was so fun to watch their their faces watch this thing because i mean i'm so used to seeing knock loose because i've seen them forever mm-hmm. and i've seen them play some of these bigger rooms like not you know the stadium rooms but like i've seen them like own a venue like and just like really really make it just unreal to believe that like this many people are this energized over a fucking hardcore band and um it was just really really awesome to see them like you know have this experience and know that they're going to keep having this experience uh for a fucking month because like because knock loose is the best dude they're taking fucking magnitude on tour like there's so many kids who are going to get exposed to a straight edge band because of knock loose now that may never have ever seen a straight edge band like it's it's i don't know it's it's going to be like like not only like life-changing for those kids in that band but it's going to be life-changing to kids to see that band and it's all because of knock loose they're just the fucking they're fucking g's they're they're fantastic yeah i uh i argue that they're top three uh you know biggest hardcore bands right now oh yeah i mean it's them code orange and turnstile no no hesitation like that's that's my list right there you nailed it in the same in the same breath they're 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 un they're unreal like the the pull that they have with kids the the feverish like dedication that they have with kids and the crossover between like all the kids who like those bands like the other bands like if those if those three bands were to go on tour like it would legitimately like they could they could sell out fucking arenas that's yeah that that would be i that thought never even crossed my mind like what if like the fucking that would be a crazy tour right the top three bands right now turnstile code orange and knock loose doing a tour that would be wild yeah they could fill a fucking football field man like kids would come out dude yeah kids would would come out in droves it'd be insane and uh and kids would go to every kid there would be you'd have kids going to every show yeah the percentage of kids who would quit their jobs to go to that tour it would happen is insane (laughs) yeah it it would literally be the tour to bring out like the entire scene right because yeah (laughs) there's a like like those three bands like pretty much cover like the entire scene like like when it comes to like the different types of kids who like hardcore uh, i feel like yeah th- those three do a really good job of covering it all 
yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, say I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what inclinations got coming the rest of the year. I think we'll probably only play like three more shows this year. Okay. Um, um, I don't know if any of them have been announced yet, so I don't want to say anything. <laughs> you can announce them right here. Tyler, this it's commonplace for bands to break news, so feel free. You can announce it right here. Well, they're not my shows, so it's not my, my decision. <laughs> okay. We're can, playing Can you we're give playing us... a rec Oh, okay, sorry, we're, we're playing ahead. a record release. We're playing a record release. Wait, is it an inclination record release or somebody else's? We're playing a record release. I can say that. Okay, now now the gears are turning. Who's who's? Okay, all right. Because there's so many bands that are. Because you got to think, it, it, just the end of the month, there's like three bands. We got Never Ending Game, One Step Closer, Payback. We got all these records coming out at the end of just this month alone. We still got like three more months at the end of the year. So now I'm curious. Yeah, and I, me even saying like, uh, like we're playing three more shows this year. Like, I think a couple one of the like a couple of those shows like we might do we're, we might do a new year's weekend and that's something that we're like working out right now we're not sure if it's going to happen but we're trying to figure it out um and then i know there's like a couple of things we got asked to do but we gotta like you know we gotta figure out if isaac can make it happen mm -hmm. and or if chris can make it happen and if chris can't make it happen can seth make it happen mm -hmm. so uh I mean, we got lots of contingencies when it comes to inclination. Uh, constraints going on tour, though. We're playing that Promcore Fest with uh, Perfect World and Strangle You and um, Scowl and Fixation and Chemical Fix. Mm -hmm. um, and we're doing uh, in that Gates to Hell band that uh, Seth and Ryan from Constraint are both in. We're doing like a little tour with them. And this kind of flashback that's like members of that Stepping Stone mm -hmm. band from Canada. Mm -hmm um we're doing like a little run with them and then we're playing a show with end on end in des moines on the way out to that tour will, um, will you be that should be cool will you be there for the pre-show prom core do you know that i'm not sure okay what's the pre-show for prom core um it's uh happening on let me look up the date because um i there, there's a band out here um and it has some friends of mine in it and they're playing the pre-show it's on the Thursday, October 21st. It's my friends in this band called Take It to Heart. Oh, I've heard of that band. Uh, um, this kid from the OC uh, who does uh, a fanzine, he, um, I think in the, the issue that he talked to, that he interviewed me for, is either the issue that he interviewed me for or the issue that he just sent me after I did an interview with him. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, th I think they they had an interview in in one of his scenes. So I've I, I've heard of that band. I haven't checked it out though. I honestly I don't think we're gonna be there for the pre-show. I think we still have shows. I know we're gonna be there for both days of promcore. Okay, for sure. But but I don't think we're gonna be there for the pre-show. But it should be fun. It should be pretty cool. Okay. Um, the venue it, it's at in Tulsa is super cool. Yeah, I'm and I'm happy that they're able to uh, you know put it back together because I know they had plans for 2020. Obviously, it didn't work out, but I'm just stoked to see that uh, you know prom court came back. Yeah, I mean we were supposed to play it in 2020, and I'm really I'm really glad that it worked out that we can do it coming back. Um, but yeah, it, I'm trying to think. But um, so it, it, you guys recorded the inclination record. Um, is there a like a time frame? Because I know uh, you know. Uh, the vinyl plants are backed up. 
Uh, I familiarly heard it from everybody, but um, is there like a, a time frame you guys have in mind, um, or you just don't want to speak on it because it's too soon? I mean, I think like the earliest is probably going to be spring of next year. Okay. But hopefully, well, there'll be a song out before then. Okay. I think we'll. I think we'll have at least a song out before, like maybe when pre-orders happen. But I don't really know. They've got lots of ideas for how things uh, are going to go. Um, it sounds awesome. Though. I'm pretty excited about it. And you say they? Can you speak on who they are? Uh, Isaac and Caleb. Okay. All right. All they've right. got. They've. They've. They've got all these. All these hopes and dreams for the record, and I'm just like. I'm just like ah, I'm just going with the flow. I don't really, I don't really care how it happens. I've got, uh, you know, I, I, I got, I got my part out of the way, mm-hmm. and now I'm just trying to get out of everybody else's way to do what needs to be done for it to exist. Okay. And last question about the record: um, Is it going to be an EP or LP? It's a full length. It's my first full length I've ever done. Okay, that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to hear that because I know a lot of people who love Inclination. So it's, it, it, that's great news. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Okay, well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, this is uh, always a, f- a fun time. I, I, I find great pleasure in being able to to um, you know continue this uh, series that we have going. It, it's great to be able to you know to text you. Um, just about this stuff and to be able to get on air and uh, you know have these discussions these are some of my favorite podcasts to do so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this dude I appreciate it too I look forward to this every every time now like after like when we decided to do this for Black Widow like ever since then I've been pretty psyched to to get to do this again especially just watching like all the the shows and just everything that's like builds up to the point where we get to to talk about everything again mm-hmm. it's 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 fun okay well seriously thank you again thank you to everybody who tuned in and will uh or um tyler will return uh, after the eternals so thank you mm-hmm.